Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, would be our number two of The Rob Carson Show. The uh, hearings on Capitol Hill with regard to the weaponization of the DOJ by the DOJ, by the deep state. They're continuing. Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, under uh, questioning by members of Congress. Softballs coming from uh, Democrats uh, who who are trying to explain away the greatest abuse of, uh, of the justice system in this country, in our history, in our history, uh, literally. And, and it, it is extended far beyond the bounds of Washington, D.C. It's hitting all of us because they're... Their directives have been to shut down dissent, uh, to go after people who would protest against the government or government policies, to uh, go after people who, for instance, after, after Roe v. Wade, rather than focusing on the radicals who are committing acts of violences on church and pro-life centers around the country, now in excess of 200, <clears throat> they chose to go after Catholics who speak Latin at Mass. They go after dads who stood outside of an abortion clinic with their son and were assaulted by a leftist, and then the dad pushes the guy, and the FBI shows up at the dad's house with 20 armed agents to terrorize him. Everybody gets it, Chris Ray. You have zero credibility. You have nothing. You, are, you have nothing to explain. The only thing you have are things to answer for. This is Jim Jordan asking Chris Ray about January the 6th. January the 6th, which has been uh, prosecuted to the nth degree, everything from uh, people being near the Capitol grounds, the FBI using cell phone data from people who were just around the Capitol grounds to, to find people, to arrest them for nothing, to trump up charges, to imprison them, find them, destroy their lives, prevent them from traveling. I'll get to... Uh, through uh, Brandon Straka in a few minutes. Brandon Straka testified yesterday, and Brandon Straka, the guy who created the walkaway movement, was also the walkaway movement with a half a million people walking away from the Democrat Party because of all this corruption. Uh, his organization, his Facebook presence with 500,000 followers, was made to disappear completely. All of their stories, everything, gone. Don't you suppose? <laughs> that our federal government was involved, well, of course. The FBI could have used the same cell phone data to, like, I don't know, uh, Dinesh D'Souza did when he did 2,000 Mules and he followed Democrat operatives going to Democrat campaign offices, then going repeated times to ballot boxes to drop off ballots. Could he use that technology? Could he use that technology? Could he use that technology to find the people who tried to burn down St. John's Church? The, the people who chased Donald Trump and his family into the nuclear bunker for the first time in our history could have used that technology, but somehow that technology does not exist when it's somebody 
calling the deep state and the left out for what they've done to destroy the country. One of the things the FBI did, they approached Bank America. Bank America, there were, there were people coming down from Boston to go to Trump's rally. And, uh, and, bank, and, and the, the federal government wanted to get the bank records for all the people on a series of buses coming from Boston to Trump's speech. And you know what Bank America did? They complied. They complied. Here is Jim Jordan asking Chris Ray about that. Mr. Ray, did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers? You have the time to me. Did the FBI ask financial institutions to turn over their customers' debit and credit card purchase history in the Washington, D.C. area for January 5th and 6th, 2021? Uh, I don't know the answer to that as I sit here right now. Well, we do, because Bank of America gave us this email from the FBI to Bank of America. Well, row. I am aware that Bank of America provided information to the FBI, but what communications occurred between the FBI and Bank of America about it? Let's read it to recap our. You're the freaking head of the FBI. Why don't you know this? Morning call. Are you? We are prepared to action the following threshold: customers transacting debit card, credit card, Washington D.C. purchases between one five twenty one one six twenty one. That's scary enough. Yeah, yeah. But then the next bullet point's even more scary. What? Any. Any historical, capital letters, all capitals, any historical purchase of a firearm. Wow. You guys asked financial, it's the least Bank of America. We think more. Yeah. Did you guys ask him? Again, I don't have the full sequence of the back and forth. You've got one, looks like you've got one email that I haven't seen before here. Um, so I don't know that I have the full exchange. You are so full Does this email crap. trouble you as much as it does members of the Judiciary Committee? That the FBI is asking for every single... I mean, we had members of Congress here that week. First time they're getting sworn in as a new member of Congress, their family in town, and you're sweeping... And they may happen to be a customer of Bank of America, and you're sweeping up every debit and credit card purchase of their family who were in town that week because their, their husband or their dad or their mom is getting sworn in as a new member of Congress. And then you're also saying, wow. overlaying that information with, did, you, did this person buy a firearm? And the question is? Oh, and the question is? I'm just nervous about that. Are you nervous about that? As, as I think I've testified before, my understanding is that our engagement with Bank of America uh, was fully lawful, but that we recall... What was the basis for it? Did those people, were they under, under investigation for a crime, or were you just gone on a fishing expedition like you did at Mar-a-Lago? Like you did with surveilling Donald Trump's uh, pre campaign uh, transition team and presidency. How about that? That were cut to field well, If it's lawful, that's, that was my next point. If it's yeah. lawful... Why did you say we're not going to use these leads? That's what Mr. Jensen testified to when we deposed him, the director of the terrorism unit at, at, at the FBI. That's what he testified to. Why did, you, why did you not use the leads if it was lawful to get the information? Well, there are Chairman, plenty of... one minute and 18 seconds over time. There, there are... Sir, there There's are, Jerry Nadler, the Nadler. Plenty of times where there are things that we lawfully can do, but that we decide is better that we not do. And yeah. I think that's what... Yeah, but unfortunately you didn't do that this time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, what is it, Jim Gossett's got something new here. You know, I know it's summer and maybe it's, uh, it's hot where you are, but uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to Christmas already. And, uh, and Jim Gossett actually has a, a little song about that right now. I want to play it here. Freedom I is under attack. Director, a lot of Americans think you're part of the problem. I'm dreaming of a jailed 
Chris Ray. Oh, I'd love to see that. Into the slammer, Chris should go. Absolutely. For his endless obstructing, obstructing, and agent instructing to raid, <laughs> raid Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, they did do that, didn't they? And Garland for letting Hunter off the hook. May the case against Chris be strong. And may Ray's days in prison be quite long. That would be nice, wouldn't it? And it's kind of nice to have a little Christmas in July, isn't it? There's the old Christmas in July thing. <laughs> I want to move on uh, to uh, uh, Jake Sullivan yesterday being asked about uh, Gal Luft. Now, Gal Luft is a guy who was a business associate of uh, of Hunter Biden. He worked with CEFC. And in 2019, uh, he uh, he mentioned that uh, to the FBI that the Bidens may be corrupt. And uh, and actually, he was uh, he was over, I think it was Brussels, and there were five FBI agents who went over. It's 2019. 2019 this happened. And here it is four years later. And Gal left last week. He put out a 14-minute video, and he shared it with the New York Post, and the New York Post shared it on social media because now social media uh, is not being uh, completely shut down by the federal government. And uh, Gal left explained exactly what was going on and how corrupt the Bidens were with the millions of dollars he witnessed from communist China and the Communist Chinese Party to Joe Biden, which uh, borders on, if not completely, crosses the line of espionage. And lo and behold, this week, charges are announced against Gal Luft by our DOJ. Isn't that funny? Here's Gal Luft saying why he called the FBI. I saw it as my civic duty to alert the government beforehand and give it enough time to probe the issue. I want to be clear, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, I have no political motive or agenda. I did it out of deep concern that if the Bidens were to come to power, the country would be facing the same traumatic Russia collusion scandal, only this time with China. Sadly, because of the DOJ's uh, cover-up, this is exactly what happened. And here we are uh, the next week, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, where charges that have lain there for Four years suddenly come out when Galloff speaks out. Here's Senator Ron Johnson talking about it. All right, let's try that one more time. Here is Senator Ron Johnson talking about that. Compromise Joe Biden would be. So he met with two prosecutors from the Southern District of New York and four FBI agents in Brussels for two days in March of 2019. What's interesting about those individuals, one of the prosecutors from the Southern District of New York is the same prosecutor that prosecuted Patrick Ho. The, the Remember that? Instead of Hunter hiring a hoe, a hoe hired Hunter. Money launderer that paid Hunter Biden a million dollars to defend him. And in that trial, he prevented the name of Biden's from being brought into court. Huh. Also, one of the FBI agents was the same agent then that signed the subpoena 
from the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, geez. So, you know, what, what uh, Mr. <laughs> Dr. Luft has shown is the same financial transactions, the, the millions of dollars, the, the $100,000 per month retainer for Hunter, $65,000 for James Biden. They both got that from CEFC, the Chinese Energy Corporation, owned by the Communist Chinese Party. Paid by CEFC. Yeah. He's got a wealth of information. They were on the payroll of the... Communist Chinese Party, de facto. I mean, you know, everything's owned by the CCP. But they never followed up on that meeting. Instead, they arrested him in Cyprus to silence him. They could have gone to Israel. He resides in Israel. We have extradition treaties, but they instead arrest him in Cyprus. Now, he, he's literally fleeing for his life right now. He, he's, he's on the run. Yeah. Uh, now, how many people do you suppose would invite the FBI to come over so you could charge them? And if, if there were indeed these, uh, these charges against him pending, why didn't they just arrest him there instead of waiting for four years until he spoke out to finally issue charges against him. And it's like everything. I mean, uh, they, they, they made up 37 charges out of a wholesale raid of Mar-a-Lago, unprecedented in American history, to have the home of a former president raided by the FBI, even though the president has the capability to declassify documents. And, and there should be no question about this whatsoever. But because they did a blanket search warrant, which is what they do, which is what the FBI tried to do with bank records of people who were in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. They do a blank search warrant, and what they do is they find the man, then they show you the crime, and they'll find anything. They will find anything to take you down. Maybe it's something you bought a few years ago when you're looking at their Bank America records. Maybe it's something you wrote off in 2007 that they can uh, use as a cudgel to, uh, to fine or break you. That's what they want to do with the, uh, with the IRS. That's what the 87,000 IRS agents is all about. It is, uh, it is just quite breathtaking. I'm so glad that uh, this is coming out. Coming up, Rob Schmidt on Newsmax delivered a, a stellar monologue about Gal Luft and, uh, and the dual system of justice in the country. Here's the number if you want to chime in. It's 800-922-6680 on The Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. FBI, DHS, IRS, CDC, HHS, all complete BS. It's the Rob Carson Show. Fugitive, former Israeli army officer and co-director of a Maryland think tank is under federal indictment tonight. Gal Luft is charged with acting as an unregistered foreign agent, trafficking in arms, violating U.S. sanctions against Iran, and making false statements to federal agents. Sounds a whole lot like a bunch of made-up charges, kind of like that they did with Donald Trump raiding Mar-a-Lago. Gal Luft called the FBI because he was an associate of Joe Biden way back in 2019 and said, hey, 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 just wanted you to know, Joe Biden and uh, Hunter getting a whole lot of money from communist China. If he's going to be elected president, I have a real fear that he's going to be he's compromised and he will represent that government and they went and met with him in brussels nothing happened and nothing happened and nothing happened he was never called to testify he was never called again by the fbi until last week when the fbi came up with these charges after galuft shared a video of his experience on social media this is our uh doj this is our 
FBI. Rob Schmidt, who is uh, brilliant, he's on uh, Newsmax uh, every night at 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern, and he had a, a terrific monologue about this uh, this former associate of Joe Biden and, uh, and the FBI going after him. Now, we have to say, we don't know whether the charges against Gal Luft are true. We don't just blindly defend people like they do on the other networks. And by the way, those charges shouldn't mean anything with regard to investigating Joe Biden. But even if they are true, how would that matter if his allegations against Joe Biden and the Biden family are so clearly corroborated by so many other various sources? Yeah. Why would that detail even matter? Yeah. Criminals can know things. Criminals can have information. Yeah. Luff disclosed during the Brussels interview that CEFC was paying 100000 a month to Hunter and 65000 to his uncle Jim Biden in exchange for their FBI connections and use of the Biden name to promote China's Belt and Road Initiative around the world. Now, that was corroborated by other people. It is true. It is known. Jim Comer found the bank records, shared them with us. We all know this. And the FBI, rather than acting on that information, sat on it and did nothing until Gal Luff spoke up and then created some charges to go after him to shut him up. Dear God, here is uh, Rob Schmidt with all of the other uh, corroborations of Gal Luft's story. In 2019, Gal Luft informed the DOJ that Joe Biden, his son and brother, were taking money from the Chinese to push the CCP's agenda here in the United States. Yeah, yeah, we know that. An allegation that is treasonous in nature. Oh, yeah, there's that. The FBI sent six agents to Belgium to meet with Luft, who told them the Bidens had an FBI connection who was feeding classified information to Chinese communist officials. Many of Gal Luft's allegations were verified yes. when Hunter Biden's laptop was oh, there's found. That. Yeah, the thing, yeah. Another whistleblower told me exclusively that Gal Luft's 14-minute testimonial that was given to the New York Post last week jives perfectly with his experience working with Joe and Hunter Biden. But he has to be shut down. That's the directive from the FBI. Here is uh, Rob Schmidt with a little more documentation of Biden corruption. Rob Walker, Tony Bobolinsky, and Hunter Biden's own laptop with his own emails, his own voice, his own text messages. <laughs> wow. This story is oozing, oozing with credible confirmation. It's everywhere. Yeah. And yet at other networks and a lot of other mainstream media sites, this is just a crazy conspiracy theory from those wild idiot MAGA types and the same DOJ that's working to imprison Trump for the rest of his life for mishandling classified documents says that this guy is an arms dealer. Yeah, and sure you know is. what? Maybe sure he is. is. Yeah. We don't know. But if he is, we'll report it before anyone else while reminding you that he's just one of many alleging that Joe Biden and the Department of Justice are corrupt. Yeah, and who are some of those people who are alleging it other than Gal Luft? You also have the banking records obtained by House Republicans well, that, that match his testimony Evidence as well. There. Luft, a mild-mannered professor, has been running a think tank with a former CIA director for years. The DOJ has charged Luft with being an unregistered foreign agent. They claim he's an arms dealer. Gal Luft says he's never sold a bullet in his life. 
He says this is simply retaliation for his efforts to expose Joe Biden's allegedly treasonous corruption. And that would be uh, all the evidence would point that direction. Finally, a mic drop from uh, from journalist and uh, TV professional Rob Schmidt uh, chastising the mainstream media for for basically uh, trashing their existence. Somebody should probably the point reason for it. out to these regime shills that there is a mountain of evidence that the DOJ is corrupt in all this and has been covering up for the Biden's influence peddling. They should probably know that that's the real story. And that evidence is everywhere, by the way. Perhaps these talking heads would be a little more skeptical of this indictment if they'd been reporting all the details of this story for the past few years. Now I've got more on this, and then we're gonna move on to some other things. David Marcus is a columnist, author of a book called Charade. He's fantastic. He's a new generation of journalists, and he's gonna join us on the other side of this break. This is The Rob Carson Show. I switched. I switched. I switched. I switched to Newsmax. 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 Have you made the switch? You bet I did. My whole family switched. Millions are switching to Newsmax. You should too. Hey guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. In the dead of night, you're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC14 T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength disabilities or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back, and you're ready to fire. That is pretty ingenious, actually. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP boasting a 13-plus round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience, available with all EAA Corp. distributors. Starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today. eaacorp.com. The swamp feasts while we're expected to dine on the crumbs. To those who strove to deter us from our responsibility, you have failed. Time to send those crumb suckers home. It's the Rob Carson Show. Special guest David Marcus coming up in one second. I want to play the soundbite from uh, Representative Andy Biggs asking Chris Ray, how many agents, undercover agents, did the FBI have in the crowd on January the 6th? Please don't, don't distract here because we're focusing on the, those who were there in an undercover capacity on January 6th. How many were there? Uh, again, I, I'm not sure that I can give you that number as I sit here. I'm not sure there were undercover agents uh, on scene. You, I find that kind of a remarkable statement, Director. <laughs> At this point, you don't know whether there were un undercover federal agents, FBI agents, in the crowd or in the Capitol on January 6th. 
I say that because I want to be very careful. There have been a number of court filings related to some of these topics, and I want to make sure that I stick with him what's in... I, I understand. Well, he has said a few weeks ago that the reason why the January the 6th tapes were not released was because it would unmask FBI agents who were in the crowd. So you figure it out. Honestly, I have never in my life seen so many people who know so much, who know so little when it comes to testimony. It's remarkable. David Marcus, columnist, author of uh, The Charade, also a Newsmax contributor, among other places that I've seen in the last few weeks, joins us on the Newsmax hotline. I got to tell you, David, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. Absolutely. So tell uh, before we launch into some of the uh, subjects of the day, tell me about you. Tell me about your background, because I, I, I wasn't all that familiar with your work until a few months ago you, you, show, you were on Eric Bowling's show. But tell, tell us about uh, you uh, as a journalist and, uh, and, and a little bit about uh, where you're from and, and what you're doing. Yeah, so um, I've been a journalist for, a, a columnist really, for about 10 years now. Uh, the first seven of those I spent at The Federalist. I was, the Federalist started in uh, September of 2013. And that was basically when I uh, started as well, initially covering sort of culture and stuff, because I came out of a theater background. Yeah. Um, I ran a theater company in New York City. I was an actor in New York City and stuff, and then transitioned into writing first about culture and then through working at The Federalist, more about politics. Um, you know, at this point, uh, I, I was briefly at the New York Post. At this point, I freelance. I mainly write for Fox News, um, The Daily Mail. Daily Wire and sometimes human events, um, and you know, just sort of jack of all trade stuff. You know, whatever whatever seems interesting, I I sort of try to take a swing at. And I, I had lived in New York for 20 years, and then six months ago moved to West Virginia. Um, mostly, you know, sort of common story. It's not that it, I'm not, I don't want to drag New York. It mostly had to do with having a 13 year old son in the education yeah. system there just being broken. Um, well, so that's I, it. Right now I'm in West Virginia. I write my columns and, uh, you know, talking on the phone with you. What do you think about these hearings on Capitol Hill with regard to the weaponization of the DOJ, uh, particularly with regard to freedom of expression? And, and I'd love to hear if you felt that the last few years as someone who is trying to, you know, tell stories from presumably the libertarian or conservative side. Yeah, I mean, I watched most of the most of the testimony of Ray. I like that, you know, that, that clip that you played is really kind of the crux of the problem, right? Because, of course, Christopher Ray knows if there was an actual FBI agent in plain clothes in the Capitol, right? He, he knows that that happened. When they say undercover agent, though, they could mean somebody that they're paying. They could mean somebody that's infiltrating a group. And it is a problem. I mean, the American people deserve answers to this. And, and what we constantly get, not just from the DOJ, but also from the White House, is, well, there's an ongoing in- investigation. We can't talk about this. There's always going to be an ongoing investigation. I mean, that's what they do. They investigated Hunter Biden for five years. That's longer than World War II. Uh, so the American people need some answers. I'm not confident that we're going to get them from Chris Ray uh, without a subpoena. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to have to uh, have that because honestly, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but I and, and maybe it's been the same for years past. Although I've been following politics for over thirty years, um, and I started from an entertainment, music, radio background, by the way, and comedy writing. So I can relate to the progression as you as you uh, grow, you know, grow, grow up, whatever, uh, become more wise with age, uh, and your in you know your passions change. But uh, but I, I've noticed that particularly the last couple of years nothing ever is said at congressional hearings nothing is ever when it involves uh one of the uh, figureheads one of the leaders of the fbi the doj merrick garland or chris ray no question is ever answered same goes with corinne jean pierre the other day uh they did a little study was shared on newsmax um and uh she only answers the questions directly around two percent of the time have you have you noticed this getting worse when you see people on Capitol Hill testifying and, and being completely unplugged from everything that they're supposed to be in charge of? Yeah, absolutely. And it comes directly from the top. I mean, we saw an example of this from Biden just this morning, right, when he did his press conference with Zelensky and was asked by a reporter. Zelensky was asked by a reporter a completely reasonable question, which was how long after the war ends? will it be before Ukraine joins NATO, right? And Biden, in, in a snippy way, goes, an hour and 20 minutes. You ask such ridiculous questions. It's not a ridiculous <laughs> question. It's a perfectly reasonable question. And Biden does this over and over, right? He, he calls reporters idiots and dumb and, you know, you don't know anything, Jack. And that attitude permeates this entire White House. This entire administration and maybe the entire Democrat Party do not feel that they owe the American people an explanation for anything. For of course, anything. of course. And, and you know, comic gold is uh, cocaine being found in the White House for the very first time in American history. This on the heels of Hunter Biden moving into the White House. This on the heels of Hunter Biden being uh, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, Hunter Biden being kicked out of the military for cocaine use, Hunter Biden lying on a federal uh, gun purchase form about not uh, saying he didn't take drugs when he was high on crack. And so we've got the number one crackhead in America in the White House. They fight cocaine for the very first time. And we're supposed to accept that, uh, you know, it might have been some guys in there renovating the White House. Uh, what do you what do you suppose there, David? What are your thoughts on? Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> maybe it was, but given the fact yeah. that, given everything that you've said about the, and that I've said about the the intractability of, of this administration, especially when it comes to to things involving Hunter Biden, you can't blame anybody for making that association. Of course, we're going to make that association, and it's all the more reason. For the White House to absolutely find out who it was. Yes. Right? And then they can say, oh, well, look, it was this person. It wasn't Hunter. I'll give you another another example that's exactly like that. Right? The WhatsApp message that came up in today's hearing, the one where Hunter says, I'm yes. sitting with my father and you better do what I'm going to do because I hold grudges. That, that yes. WhatsApp, right? Yes. Biden says he wasn't there. Uh-huh. This was July 27th of 2017. Yeah. He was a former president of the United States. Somebody knows where Joe Biden was on that day. Like, <laughs> yes. Joe Biden was in Sheboygan, Michigan, you know, giving a speech to you know, the Car Dealer Association. Then the White House would say, oh, look, he wasn't there. He was, he was in Sheboygan. The fact that they're not saying anything yes. like that leads me to believe that he was somewhere in the vicinity because otherwise it's easily proven not. 
Yeah. Talking to David Marcus, he is a uh, columnist um, and uh, and uh, Newsmax contributor, certainly. You did a wonderful piece on the tragedy of Philadelphia, uh, revealing a sad truth about our government. Uh, Kensington is a uh, an area of Philadelphia. I'm not all that familiar of, uh, of Kensington, but it is uh, essentially kind of a metaphor for what's happening in Democrat-run country uh, cities around the country like Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, Philadelphia. Tell us about your experience, David, and how it impacted you. Yeah, so I, I, I've done this a few times for Fox, where they send me um, to these places. And I, I, I've done it in New York. I've done it in San Francisco and L.A. Um, and they're, they're all unique. I will say San Francisco's the worst. There's not, there's, nothing's close. The Tenderloin in San Francisco, I couldn't believe I was in the United States. But Kensington wow. is, is pretty bad. Um, really, just, just there's this new drug called Trank. Um, which, along with fentanyl and heroin, it's just uh, the moment that we arrived, we saw this guy laid out on the sidewalk. We didn't think he was breathing. We thought he might be dead. You know, we called 911, and, and the EMT get, guy gets there, and by then this guy's, like, sort of showing some signs of life. And the EMT, the EMT was like, who called this in? And I said, I did. And he kind of pointed down the street, at, like, what do you want us to do about this? Wow. Now, the one difference is that, Unlike the Tenderloin in San Francisco, there are still businesses somehow here in Kensington that are, that are struggling to eke out their existence. Um, and, and so it, it, it seems like maybe there's more hope if we can find a way to intervene. And that's what always becomes the question, right? Because if somebody wants to sit on the sidewalk with a needle sticking out of their arm, at what point do we say to that person, no, you're not allowed to do this? Not just because it's bad for you, but because it's bad for the businesses in the community, it's bad for the community as a whole. As a whole. And we need to have a serious conversation about when we can do that. Yeah. You have a, a young son, and I, I, I follow you on social media, and I can tell that you, like me, are a devoted father. It, uh, you can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your posts. You, uh, being a father, I believe, I'm not trying to put thoughts in your head. It sounds like the most important uh, moment in your life that maybe it crystallized you as a human being. At least it was for me. Uh, but you yep. seem to be a devoted father. And, and I want to play a little uh, a clip from a guy the other day whose, uh, m- whose wife took the, his little boys into a pediatrician. And the pediatrician, this has gone viral, the pediatrician asks him if you identify as the opposite sex. I just pulled over uh, to do this video because I'm literally on fire right now. I just got off the phone with my wife, who took my nine and seven-year-old boys to the doctor today to get physicals for tackle football and school next year and all that other shit. The first, my nine-year-old son went in first, and the first thing this woman asks him is if he identifies as a boy, a girl, gender fluid, or non-binary. Now, have you ever been confronted by this in this culture with regard to, do you have more than one kid or just one kid? I have one son. Okay. Have you had this, have you had to confront this woke nonsense with regard to raising your son? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. uh, About a year and a half, maybe two years ago, I ran a column at Fox News because my then 11-year-old son, his mom is also in in conservative media and very very active in the the sort of whole trans question. But so, so my son's very aware of all of this. And he was at school one day at his public school in Brooklyn, and they had them on the computer filling out some New York survey. Again, he's 11 years old. And one of the questions was exactly that. Do you identify as male, a female? 
you know, transgender, non-binary, and being the son of two conservative journalists, my son snapped a photograph of it, um, sent it to me, and I ran a column at Fox saying, like, what, what the hell are you doing asking 11-year-olds this out of the blue? Yeah, yeah. Right? It, this is it, a situation where it's like your kid has been showing these signs and you're worried about it and you want to go talk to somebody, so you seek it out. Yeah. This is just getting shoved in their faces. It's, it's insane. I'm assuming this is why you moved to West Virginia, wild and wonderful. It, 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 it's honestly a big part of it. I mean, you know, it also, it's also just not, New York's not a great place for a teenager right now. I think, you know, no. when, when he was born in 2010, if you had said to me when he's 13, you know, he and two of his buddies are going to take the subway into Manhattan, catch a movie, they'll be back by 8.30 at night. So I would have thought, of, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought anything of that. Yes. No chance today. No chance. Thousand um, percent. I, I want to ask you this because, um, and this is a, a, apropos of nothing, uh, but I did actually create a meme out of a, a, a screenshot of you yesterday smoking a cigarette while doing a media appearance. Um, and you, <laughs> I saw you on Eric Bowling the first night you were there, and you, you literally had a cigarette. I, I personally feel like, uh, you know, I'm not a smoker myself. I have an occasional cigar. But that created quite a stir uh, that you would be smoking. So I, thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. It was kind of like, you know what? This is how I roll. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. What sort of, because I remember the, the second time you were on after you did that appearance, Eric Burling brought it up. Uh, what was the reaction to, to you saying, you know what? I'm, I, I'm here at my home. I can smoke a cigarette if I want. What's the reaction been from most people with regard to that? generally been positive especially from the right i do get a lot of you know i i, I assume sort of like mothers or grandmothers who tweet at me and say david you really need to stop smoking um which which yes i, I get it um some on the left have lost their minds media yes. wrote a whole piece about oh my goodness he's smoking on tv you know <laughs> so that was, that was kind of hilarious i mean yeah look it's a thing that people do and i do feel on there was a funny thing that happened during covid right because Remember during COVID, if you were out and you weren't, maybe this didn't happen where you were, but certainly in New York, if you were out and you weren't wearing a mask, yes. people would go, mask, right? They'd, they'd yell at you, they'd give you a look, right? <laughs> Something like yes. that. I knew what that was like already from being a smoker, because it's really the only other situation where in a public place, people feel morally fine just like saying something to you. Exactly. David, can you hold on a second? Can you do one more break with this? Would you mind? I want, to, I want to hold through the break. Uh, David Marcus joins us, columnist and uh, pretty fascinating dude. Uh, more with him in just a second. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. David Marcus, uh, columnist, uh, 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 conservative, uh, contributed, Newsmax, New York Post, uh, Fox, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is on the phone. And... Uh, uh, let me ask you a, a couple of things here. Have you seen the uh, Sound of Freedom? Have you seen the movie Sound of Freedom? I have not seen it okay. yet. Um, a lot of my friends have, though, and uh, have had, you know, mostly have had really wonderful things to say about it. What do you uh, make of, for instance, this, this movie made $40 million this opening weekend. Uh, it has been in the hopper for five years. People have been going after this movie and, and saying that somehow it's related to QAnon, which no one can say what the hell QAnon is, although there's copious uh, evidence of, I don't know, uh, uh, Antifa. Um, but the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, Hollywood Reporter, all are not doing reviews 
of this movie. The only people who have, really, I guess, are Variety, I think Rolling Stone, RogerEbert.com, and generally those are negative. Why, why, uh, why are these, uh, these uh, agencies so terrified of this movie? I, I, I can't say, I, I'm not sure that I can say why the New York Times, for example, would choose not to, I can't say what their motivation is in terms of if they're trying to protect people or, or not let this out. I will say, though, this is part of a very broad effort by the left to label certain conversations as ones that you're not allowed to have because they are potentially harmful, right? We see this with the trans issue, right? You, you're not... If you even even talking about it will make people start killing themselves, and so we cannot talk about it. I, it's, it's, of course, absurd nonsense. Yeah. And all that it really does is protect them from having to have a conversation that they really don't want to have. So, I mean, that's what they're doing, and that will be their justification. And it's really dangerous. I mean, you know, last weekend or the weekend before, I covered the Moms for Liberty event. And it's exactly what the media is trying to do to them, which yes. lies about, like, they, 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 they like Hitler. I mean, it's insane. It's, but they use it to say, oh, well, look, you know, they quoted Hitler, so obviously it would be dangerous to, to listen to their perfectly sensible ideas, right? David, let me ask you this. How do we, how do we stop this? How do we stop this, David? Because I'm saying, here's how we stop it. We say no. They have no strength. They have nothing. They, they, they may think they do, but I say we say no to the nonsense. This is nonsense, David. You have to admit this. You're a father. Uh, you, you are a, a common-sense conservative. You have to realize that all of this is nonsensical. Oh, yeah, no. It is, and you're right. You, you, you do stop it by saying no. And I think that there's an inflection point when these issues go from being somewhat esoteric to actually having an impact in people's lives. If you recall, six, seven years ago when the trans issue first started popping up, and in, in, people, people in favor of the trans ideology would often say, come on, it's, it's like 0.2% of the population. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. Why do you even care? Do you remember when that was a big part yes. of the argument that they made? Yes. Yes. Well, that's out the window now, right? Because, yeah. you know, probably a quarter of parents now, there's a trans kid in their, in their child's school district yeah. David, or in their I, classroom I, or in their I, school. I, I, I've got to wrap things up, so unfortunately we're up against a hard break. Thank you for being on. Please come on again. God bless you. Where can people find you on social media? Real quick. Blue Box Dave at Twitter. Um, Blue yeah, Box. Thanks for having me, man. Great conversation. All right, Blue Box Dave at Twitter. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. And on the World Wide Web, this is the Rob Carson Show. Hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. If you get the opportunity to check out the podcast, and I'm just going to be honest, we don't really do uh, a traditional podcast. We do a distillation of the radio show and make it into a downloadable uh, MP3. (laughs) 
Does that clear it up? Does that clear it up? No, we take the radio show every day. We, we, uh, we cut all the commercials out of it, and we make it into two segments, and we post it online. There you go. There you go. It's that simple. And I want to tell you, I, uh, more and more people are hearing it. We're getting calls. Listen, we're on at uh, 29 radio stations around the country and growing, by the way. Going to New Hampshire, by the way, next uh, month, going to New Hampshire to hang out with Jack Heath at our glorious affiliates in New Hampshire. And, uh, and, and I'm hearing from people all over the country, there's, there's no, you know, Florida, where we don't have affiliates, Dallas, where we don't have affiliates, North Dakota, we don't have affiliates. And, and the word is getting out because it is a different show than, than what, uh, you know, traditional talk radio. Traditional talk radio, you get a whole lot of desk pounding. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, today I did some desk pounding. I mean, it was because this, this uh, testimony on Capitol Hill is mind-bending. But we also do, uh, we do funny whenever we can. So uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a different show. Anyway, if you want the podcast every day, uh, we post it a little bit, little bit after the show. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen for the details. And also, Newsmax is doing a poll. Do you believe that the Trump indictment is legitimate or just political? Yeah. Here is the uh, text number. It is, uh, uh, just text the word Trump to 39747. That's Trump to 39747. Vote right away. Make sure your voice is, uh, is heard. Now, before we launch into some of the other news of the day, and, and a fascinating uh, conversation Tucker Carlson had with Andrew Tate. Uh, Andrew Tate is a, a firebrand, 35-year-old businessman, uh, influencer, I guess, uh, very wealthy, uh, was arrested by Romanian authorities on uh, what many consider to be trumped-up charges because he's speaking out against the nonsense of the woke left and uh, what's happening the, the World Economic Forum, whatever. So I will have some, uh, some stuff on that. But I've been told that we have secured a very big interview for the show tomorrow. And, and uh, my boss said, you know, just kind of be uh, gingerly uh, mention it at the, uh, the show of who's going to be on the show tomorrow. So I want to do that in a very careful and measured way and give you a hint who it could be. We won the last election. My campaign was perfection. They stole the vote, and we all know. Yeah, not Sean Ferris, the impressionist, no. They raided Mar-a-Lago. The FBI has got to go. They're not our friend. They are our foe. We're not gonna take it. You're not gonna take it, and you're not gonna take it anymore. Could use a little cowbell. I think a cowbell would be really good. Hillary deleted all her emails. Oh yeah, she did that. And Hunter Biden should be in jail. You know I am right, and they are wrong. We'll win come this November. And this crap we will remember. 2024! Once and for all, let's drain the swamp. We're not gonna take it. No, you're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it anymore. Believe me, we're not gonna take it. I just have to tell So, um, yeah, the deal is, I, uh, Donald Trump is gonna be on the show. <laughs> Donald Trump is going to be on the show tomorrow. Donald Trump, the man, the legend, the way of life, has agreed to do an interview on this radio show. I've already started the questions. I started the questions a year ago. And we are going to uh, talk to Donald Trump about the movement that is Donald Trump, the uh, election season that is happening right now, 
what is happening in the world, what has happened to him as the president and post-presidency. And we may even uh, delve into some things that uh, completely you've never heard Donald Trump talk about. We will see. But it is, it is epic. And it is an honor to be considered. So there's the big, uh, there's the big news. There's the big news. Trust me, it's going to be awesome. And you know what? If you decide you want to write me, say, hey, man, I'd like to hear Trump talk about whatever. Uh, Carson at Newsmax.com. I don't use that email a lot. It's a lot. They change the password every other week. And, I, you know, I, uh, so Carson at Newsmax.com. You can also write me on Twitter. You can write me on Facebook and say, hey, you know, we ask him about this. I don't want the typical stuff. I don't want, well, what do you think about Ukraine? We know. I, I have a feeling. How about some stuff that, that he's not being asked? And don't be, uh, you know, complete jerks about it, by the way, because some people will be. Hey, why don't you ask him about whatever? Why don't you ask him about whatever? Oh, shut up. You know, I don't have time for that nonsense. We're adults here. So uh, that is uh, tomorrow on the show. Donald Trump will be joining us to talk about uh, whatever we decide we want to talk about. I think it's going to be awesome. All right. So um, uh, the, uh, the latest iteration of... Uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, podcast on on Twitter is an interview with uh, this gentleman named Andrew Tate. Uh, I think he's a fascinating cat for a number of reasons. Um, I th- he's become a target because he he is a masculine man who is unabashedly masculine and is tired of the uh, the feminization of the culture, among other things. Everybody takes it as some sort of an attack on women, an attack on this, an attack on that, but it really isn't because manhood has been under attack for a very uh, long time. And I and I and I I picked up this. This uh, quote from him in the interview, because uh, to some degree I have lived this, and and perhaps you as a man uh, have experienced this, because being a man, uh, I'm not saying that it's easy to be a woman, but but I'm just speak from the perspective of being a man. It's a tough road to hoe. It's it's a it's a it's a hell of a life, man. You got to figure out what you're going to do for a living. You got to get into what you do for a living. You got to raise a family. You got to provide for your family. And you can't provide for your family. A lot of the times, you become worthless to yourself and to others. And you fight your entire life for what little you have, and you get to the end of your life with nothing a lot of the times. And I was headed down that direction. I was headed down that direction after years in broadcasting. Uh, not being able to provide for my family, uh, living up to the expectations that society, uh, and they're well-founded, by the way. If you have children, you need to provide for them. You, you need to be a part of their families. You need to, and grandchildren I might say that if you've got grandchildren. You might want to take care of them, too, Jose Biden. But here is uh, Andrew Tate talking with Tucker Carlson about, uh, about uh, being a man, what it used to be like, and what it has become now. It's interesting. I would actually argue in the 1950s and 60s, if you were to agree with every single narrative and obey every single law and do exactly what you were supposed to do and pay your taxes, etc., you'd at least get a wife who respected you. You'd at least have children who could go to school without being indoctrinated to a degree. Yeah. You could have a nice house. You could have a pickup truck. You could have a pretty good life if you just followed the rules. Yes. I don't think that's true anymore. No. I think that if you were a man especially, and this is what I talk about, I talk about masculine issues. If you're a man who was born and you decide to do exactly as you're told, you're gonna end up depressed, in debt, working a job that you hate, with a wife who doesn't respect you, with kids who don't listen to you, in a house you don't own, until you, she leaves you, and then you contemplate suicide a while, mm. and maybe you might find some purpose towards the end, enough to survive 
and pay your taxes, and then you're gone. <laughs> I don't think a man who just follows the programming is going to find any happiness. But they don't care. Yeah. Why would they? They have no interest in masculine happiness. This is another thing that's very interesting. They talk about men's mental health all the time, especially in the UK. I'm not sure about America, but in the UK, they have this big drive for men's mental health, saying that men commit more suicides. Yeah, they do. Men a lot more. A lot more. Because it's hard to be a man. We commit more suicides. We're more depressed. We have all these mental health problems. I come along. I genuinely get thousands of emails a day saying I'm helping people. Men's yeah. And he's saying things like uh, surround yourself by good people. Don't hang out with people who are scumbags and liars. He says things like uh, get off the booze, get off the drugs, hit the gym, things like that. That's very misogynistic, isn't it? Well, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, masculinity is not toxic. It's not toxic at all. It started all the wars in the world. Oh, really? Well, it also ended all the wars in the world. It freed a lot of people to build skyscrapers that sent us to the moon. I know there are a lot of women involved, but you know what? The guys for or throughout history have done the heavy lifting. I'm talking about the physical lifting, you know? And, and we have been under this assault for masculinity for decades now. And I used to call it just the feminization of the culture. I used to call it the oprization of the culture. And now you've got toxic masculinity to be taught in schools. They, boys are being told that they can be girls. Boys are saying that their behavior is toxic. Boys at a very young age are given drugs to sit them in their desks so they're focused on the person in front of the board when they should be outside playing. And that's what Andrew Tate's talking about. He also talked about all of the uh, malfeasance, all of the lies, all of the abuse that we were subjected to the last couple of years and what this could lead us to, particularly with how the government acted during COVID. But I lost so much faith in humanity during COVID. I really, if you would have told me how COVID would have gone down yes. before COVID, I'd say no way. We're not that bad. <laughs> you know, like I thought the people aren't that dumb. But when I experienced COVID, it, it's actually scary. You see how the Nazis managed to do what they did. You see For how sure. they managed to put people in concentration camps. You see it. And I had a very unique view of COVID because in the first days of COVID, when people were falling over in China and the Italian hospitals were overrun at the height of the panic, yeah. when most people believed. Yeah, and by the way, that was when Anthony Fauci went to a baseball game without a mask on, and Nancy Pelosi went to a hairdresser without a mask on, and Gavin Newsom went to dinner with his buddies without a mask on. That's how bad it was. It was really deadly. Yeah. It was the very beginning, early stages. My brother and I had a very logical conversation and said, we're two military-aged men in very good physical condition. If we die of this, the world's over. If it can kill us, it's zombie apocalypse. So why are we going to live in fear? Exactly. So and that's what I did. I said, why am I going to live in fear? What, what point is it to, for me to be terrified? I remember when it first started, I was working at the car dealership, and I was seeing these videos of people falling over in China. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I kept thinking, okay, well, what's happening? So I decided to, just to see what was happening, go to the hospital nearby the dealership, right across the road, largest uh, hospital system in, in uh, Johnson County, Kansas. Which It's big. It's pretty big, actually. And uh, there were never any cars in the parking lot. There were never anybody at the uh, nursing uh, in the uh, emergency room. And they never, there never were. That's when I started losing my friends. That's when my friends said, you're crazy, you're questioning. I said, no, there's something going on, man. Then I realized in a dealership that employed 300 people, only one person got sick, and he came right back to work. And then I realized after my daughter had been kicked out of school uh, for COVID protocols, been, uh, been uh, you know, removed uh, because they didn't have any classes for a uh, semester, then, then they did have them online, blah, blah, blah. And I noticed when she went back to school, 2,600 people in the school, including uh, students, faculty, uh, other employees, nobody died of COVID. I'm like, huh. Ha, ha, ha. It's like there's something weird going on here, you know? It's like, where are the body pits behind Walmart? Where are the class action suits against Lowe's and Home Depot for staying awake with all the people who would die 
while they close schools. It, it, you know, yeah, it makes you finally feel like you've been played. But they did. They what he said there is what we did. We we listened to the government and we did everything they said. Uh, here is um, uh, Andrew Tate talking about uh, you know basically uh, that people will believe anything if they are uh, reinforced by the government without any sort of opposition or any dissent. Me interests are in Sweden in absolute freedom. They had no restrictions, no masks. He moved to Sweden. Okay, briefly, he moved to Sweden because they didn't have any COVID protocols. No vaccine passports, no social distancing, nightclubs are full, lunch, restaurants are open. Perfectly complete normal society. Weird. Nobody talks about this anymore. Nobody talks about, wait, Sweden never did a thing. Huh. Everything functioned perfectly fine the neither, entire time. Neither did South Dakota. And they don't have it. Where's their mass? Where's their illness of severe, their winter of severe illness and death? Yes. They never had one. No. Nope. It's a cold country. Nope. Never had one. No. Nope. So we were living in Sweden, living completely normal lives, seeing everyone, seeing the internet and seeing this insanity. And we're like, well, surely if we just put up a few videos of us partying in Sweden in nightclubs, this will wake people up. People didn't want to. People ignored their own eyes. Listen, that's the scariest thing about everything is that they can get to a level where with the media machine where people will genuinely ignore their own eyes. Yeah. I don't understand how you can get people so brainwashed that they will see that the sky is blue. Yes. And then they'll watch that the sky is green and then they'll look at it again and go, the sky's green. Yeah. That's called catching the stupid. Do you get it? Do you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming up, uh, Casey DeSantis, the wife of Ron DeSantis, is attacked by MSNBC as being a Karen. Ron DeSantis responds, uh, 800-922-6680 if you would like to. This is The Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. The left has been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right. It's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's The Rob Carson Show. Not an EV. Oh, no. Oh, God's back for you. Yeah. Donald Trump's joining us on the show tomorrow. There you go. I'll just let the cat out of the bag, as it were. Donald Trump is going to be on the show tomorrow. I'm already asking. You guys got a question? I'll consider. You know, if it's awesome, awesome question. Sure. And I got a couple so far. One was about antitrust. I'm like, you know... Uh, no, no, you know, antitrust. Really? Okay, all right. Anyway, so he's going to be on the show tomorrow, and uh, we are already uh, figuring out exactly what I'd like to ask him. And, and I've been wanting to talk to him for a very long time. So, uh, just just listen for it tomorrow. I think uh, I think you will enjoy uh, the show. Um, let's go to James in Albuquerque. James, how you doing, my brother? What's going on? Hey, Rob. How's it going? Good, buddy. What's up? Real quick. Uh... For those of us with our half our brains tied behind our back, can you ask Trump, please do please do not participate on, at the Fox debate. Do not give Fat Boy Christie, yeah. Democrat Paul Ryan, Democrat Romney McDaniel the satisfaction to bash him. Yeah. Uh, my suggestion is have a huge rally where that debate is being held. Yes, that's that's, uh, that's what we want. We the people because. We don't like Fox. They're a bunch of idiots, and all they want to do is get them on there to bash him. 
Yeah, James, it is essentially uh, the lion's den. That's what it is. They right. want Donald Trump there for only one reason. It's not for a, a debate to uh, debate policies and policy differences. It is to you know get the it's get the line that takes them down. Now, let me finish my thought. They okay. want to just get. They just want the line that they can use to take him down. And I would say he needs to have a rally on Newsmax. The opposite of this. And I'll tell you what. He'll blow the snot out of the ratings. He has nothing to gain when he's already forty points of ahead of the latest uh, of the of the next uh, 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 candidate. Uh, thirty nine points according to the latest uh, morning consult poll. So it would make yeah, exactly. no sense at all. It would make no yeah, sense at all to go into the lion's den. Ratings for Fox on that day. If he has a rally, nobody will. Watch watch Fox, you know, so we the people who support him and we know he's going to be our nominee and he's going to go all the way, we don't want him going on Fox because they've done nothing but hate on him and hate on us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thanks for the call, James. I do appreciate it. It's like, here, uh, take a run down this trail with the Burmese tiger trap under the thatch roof over there. Just go right ahead. No, it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, sure. So uh, Casey DeSantis is, uh, appears to be a, uh, a really awesome woman. Casey DeSantis is uh, somebody who just survived cancer. She's a great mother, a great uh, a great wife, uh, a great person, and she is championing uh, many of the issues that affect parents, particularly moms, with regard to woke nonsense in schools. And uh, and just like Moms for Liberty are being attacked by the left for good that the left perceives as bad, MSNBC has decided to call Casey Anthony America's Karen. Okay, so um, we're talking about Ron DeSantis, but Casey DeSantis, his wife, is getting in on the action. She started campaigning for her husband, and, well, take a look at this new video. Schools open. Parents' rights defended. School choice universal. Critical race theory prohibited. Uh, Anything bad about that so far? No, it sounds pretty awesome. DEI stopped. allow you to exploit their innocence to advance your agenda. We are no longer silent. We are united. And we have finally found our fighter. There you go. So, uh, defending children. Uh, David, I mean, we just showed part of this very long ad. It's so dark. Um, How is that dark? Your thoughts. Yeah, um, Jonathan, look, Casey DeSantis is a fairly compelling political figure in Florida and now nationally. For many, she's the brighter side to Florida's angry governor. For others, she's become America's Karen. And I think that's the ultimate disconnect here. Yeah, the America's Karen is Liz Warren. She is the template for Karen. And I got to tell you, MSNBC is such a woke joke at this point Ron DeSantis responds. I'll have it on the other side of this break. And your phone calls at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn. Worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's The Rob Carson Show. 
So over the weekend, MSNBC panelists took turns uh, going after the First Lady of Florida, Casey DeSantis, who is a good and decent person, because she uh, defends the rights of children, wants to keep woke nonsense out of schools, wants to keep transgender crap out of schools. You know why? Because about 90% of moms in the country agree with her. But, of course, the little fop, uh, Jonathan Capehart, on uh, on, uh, uh, MSNBC called, uh, basically laughed when somebody called her America's Karen. Now, I told you, Karen, uh, Karen is a cul-de-sac living uh, liberal woman. Uh, by the way, who uh, people uh, like uh, Malcolm X actually warned uh, uh, people against in the 1960s, the liberal, the, uh, the liberal Democrat. But she lives in a cul-de-sac. She feels like she has the, uh, the ability to tell the rest of the country how to live. She's the one who said that after George Floyd's death that uh, those, those people of color in inner cities, they don't need the police around, so let's, let's uh, defund the police. They're the woman, they're the people who said that because George Floyd was murdered, Mrs. Butterworth has to go away and Uncle Ben. She's the one who got rid of the Washington Redskins. It wasn't Native Americans because Native Americans look at a lot of these mascots as a celebration of their warrior spirit okay that's it the seminoles it's a it's a celebration of the warrior spirit nobody wants a clown as a mascot you idiot that said they decided to go after casey DeSantis for speaking the truth and here is uh well first the audio of them going after casey DeSantis. this is Stu varney talking with ron DeSantis. uh first the audio and then ron DeSantis's response okay, so um, we're talking about ron DeSantis, but casey DeSantis, his wife is getting in on the action she started campaigning for her husband and well take a look at this new video Let's take a look at this right here schools open Parents' rights defended. School choice universal. And here is the response, and of course, Ron DeSantis. For many, she's the brighter side to Florida's angry governor. For others, she's become America's Karen. America's Karen. Dave. Kathy Hochul angry. Vigiling. Well, I called Ooh, her. Boy. I called her this. Uh, you know, Serena Waterford. Wanted. Katie Hobbs angry. Shouldn't be. She stole an election. Be needs to cut it out. We see you. There's all kinds of names for her. She needs to stop trying to measure the great drapes in the White House and think that she's some kind of Jackie O reincarnate. Uh, Governor, I didn't know coming out of that soundbite where you would be angry or smiling. It appears you really don't care. Yeah. What is your response? <laughs> It shows my wife is an incredibly uh, strong first lady of Florida, a fantastic mother, and a great wife, and that threatens the left. So she and I kind of shrug it off because we know it just shows... She's the antithesis of Hillary Clinton. They view her as a threat because the message that she was bringing in Iowa uh, about the rights of parents and how we are not going to take this anymore with the left trying to indoctrinate our kids... They understand that that resonates, not just with Republican parents, with independent parents, and yes, with Democrat parents. And so I think that they're very worried about her effectiveness. And so all that's doing is confirming that she's over the target. She's a great advocate for family. Yeah, and she is. And you know what? I, I commend her. And I'm going to tell you, I have never been diagnosed with cancer. Can't even imagine what it takes to not only go through cancer, but being a first lady of a state and then campaigning, and being a mom, I got to tell you, MSNBC, you're a joke. You're just a hate-spewing joke. 
oh, did you hear about Mika Brzezinski? Mika Brzezinski is America's uh, mom now for Joe Biden. Did you hear about this? She, she decided to go after people because uh, Joe Biden stumbling and bumbling and all of his, uh, his uh, inability to speak or walk is somebody else's fault, and they should be hey, held accountable. They also managed to schedule very carefully. Yeah, I think his staff needs to own his age. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they do a good job uh, helping out the president, and I'm not talking about it like I'm just saying if you are managing a president's schedule and you are managing a president getting on stage and getting off stage and doing getting on planes and getting off plane and yes he's 80 you need to be there for him wow. and you need to make a pathway and you sure as hell better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag and I blame the staff for that. Did they, did they call him, cause him to fall off his bike or fall up the stairs on Air Force One? I mean, these are the things that are going to hurt him. These are things that are going to be played on a loop. Okay? Let him do his job. Let him do his speeches. Let him work on policy. Let him do his connections in Congress. Let him take a nap and eat some pudding at 4 o'clock and go to bed. Chris, unlike any president on, that we've seen. Oh, please. Uh, I, I don't know, since Clinton. But my God. Make sure you she is the Yoko Ono of uh, Joe Scarborough. I'm just going to tell you right now, dear God in heaven, that woman. I tell you what, that guy. He used to be a. He used to be like a conservative. He used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh, and you know what he is now? There you go. That's what he is right now. Here he is talking about Yelaine, Jelaine Maxwell. Uh, you remember that, uh, uh, you know, the movie that uh, Sound of Freedom is out, right? And, and it's a movie you should go see because it talks about the horrors of child sex trafficking, which everybody knows is happening around the world. Here's what she had to say. Mika Brzezinski had to say about that. All this week, we have been featuring the Atlantic's special double issue devoted to American democracy in crisis. Here we go. Threats that America faces. But perhaps no issue is more important than the conspiratorial thinking that has led many otherwise well-meaning Americans to raise awareness about child sex trafficking epidemic that simply does not exist. Yeah, and Joe Biden isn't a, uh, a senile old man who can't walk or talk. I, I mean, I uh, who the hell watches this crap? Who the hell watches uh, this crap? She is so profoundly ignorant. She is defending the, the undefensible, the indefensible, I should say. It's just, it's laughable. It's laughable. But I guess they, first of all, they're making a bleep ton of money for a show nobody watches. Uh, and second of all, they get invited to the cocktail parties. They go to the uh, the correspondence dinner. Uh, they, you know, get, get all that stuff. So they're players. They're the inside. They're the swamp. They're the ones who repeat what the government says, and they do it dutifully. Because they don't want to lose the access to all of the all of the sweet, sweet inside goodness of being a Washington insider. Oh, here's a little more audio from the hearings on Capitol Hill today with uh, Christopher Ray. This is Representative Barry Moore asking why the FBI paid one or offered to pay Christopher Steele one million dollars to verify the dossier, which was proven to be false, and three million dollars to Twitter to uh, quash the story on the Hunter Biden laptop. Why would the FBI? Offer Christopher Steele a million dollars to verify a dossier about Trump-Russian collusion. And then the same FBI offered three million dollars to Twitter to squash a story on the Hunter Biden laptop. Why is that? Do you have any idea why a law enforcement agency would be planning to elections? Well, I, you raised a number of different issues there. So first, uh, as to the Steele dossier, 
That, of course, is a subject treated at great length uh, in the Durham report. Yeah, and it was proven to be a lie. Now tell us why you paid up more. wanted to pay a million dollars to verify it. Which we, and again, predates my time as director. I, I understand that, but it was the we, same agency uh, paying a million dollars to push one story out or try to col collaborate one story and three million dollars to quiet another story for political opponents. I so, don't quite understand. And, and then I would, uh, as to the second part related to Twitter, I would, I would disagree with your characterization respectfully. When there are payments to social media companies, that is by longstanding federal law going back, I think, about four decades where we have to pay companies for uh, their costs in responding to legal process. And it's not just social media companies, it's other kinds of businesses as well. Well, when those stories get out, and you understand, it's certainly the dossier story, and I know that wasn't under your watch, but also the, the, the Hunter Biden laptop story, that, to me, looks political. To the American people, it looks political. You know why? Um, uh, what's the answer I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, because it's political. All right, yeah, it's political. It's the FBI puppet show with our special guest star, Christopher Ray. Yay! That is uh, the brilliant Jim Gossett, one of the better pieces he's done for this show. Uh, if you are interested in uh, in hiring Jim Gossett to do a corporate gig or a, you know whatever, maybe you got a political rally, a fundraiser. You're doing a fundraiser. You could be a Vivek Ramaswamy trying to get that ten percent. You know whatever doesn't matter. You could do a Ron DeSantis fundraiser, and he'd come and perform. He would. He would. And you know what? He does non political stuff too. Here's his number. 678-829-SHOW, 678-829-SHOW for the great Jim Gossett. And, and you know, he can do, uh, do non-political stuff. I say that because, listen, it's hard to be a conservative entertainer. It is. Name all of the conservative A-listers in Hollywood. Anybody, go ahead. <clears throat> Anybody. Anybody. John Boyd, maybe. You know, Bruce Willis, he's no longer acting. <clears throat> Who else? I mean, really, honestly, you can you can count them on on uh, on one hand. Same way with uh, big conservative comedians, Rob, uh, uh, John, John, his name used to be on SNL. Anyway, uh, but but uh, how many are there? Not a lot. So you know, if you can, if you if you're interested in talking to Jim, please do, or you can go to jimgossettcomedy.com. All right, do that. Uh, let's go to Victor in Silver Spring. He has a, a a question. He wants me to ask Donald Trump when he's on the show tomorrow. Victor, how are you, my friend? I am doing okay. And I'll tell you who listens to all that crap, my neighbors. <laughs> well, that's why you got to turn on my radio show and, and, and put the speaker in the window. Oh, I'm out here on the front porch. And I got <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All right. What's up, bro? Right, what, okay, what, what do you want? My question for Donald yeah. Trump is, 
um, why won't he go to blue cities and blue states and have rallies there and tell, for example, go to Baltimore and ask the blacks, are you tired of the crime? I, uh, were you better off when I was in the White House, or are you better off now? You know, that type of situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I don't have an answer for that. I will ask him. I have a number of of uh, reasons why I think that happens is because the people who are in charge of these cities want nothing to do with Donald Trump and would do everything they could to shut down the rally, to uh, to do whatever. It would be hard to permit it because they're complete, you know, <clears throat> D words for Richard. So, but I, but that's I, I the, figured as much. And yeah. congratulations on your twenty nine stations. I I found you again on WGMD on the Eastern Shore. Yeah, baby, Rehoboth. Yeah, and I love, uh, I love to find out the station in New Hampshire that you're going to be on because I want to hear what's going on up there because I used to live in Massachusetts and I was close enough to get Channel 9 in Manchester and watch some of the kitty shows there. Yeah, well, we are on a number of stations uh, in, in New Hampshire, um, including the one where uh, Mr. Jack Heath, who is absolutely awesome, is the voice of, uh, of New Hampshire. And uh, we're going to be there, like I said, the 8th, I guess it's what, the, uh, the, the 3rd and 4th, the 3rd and 4th. Uh, he is the uh, morning show host on the uh, Pulse of New Hampshire, and there's WTSN, 98.1 FM, WTPL, 107.7 WEMJ in New Hampshire. We are all over New Hampshire, and, uh, and it's an honor to do that. I appreciate your call. Victor. Let's go to Michelle in Baltimore, one of my other favorite callers. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for that accolade, and, and you're my favorite listening host. I wait for you to come on at 12 noon here in Baltimore. Lovely, so lovely. First of all, yeah, so, so first of all, I'm happy to hear that you're heard in Rehoboth, because who knows, maybe John, maybe uh, Joe Biden's listening to your show also. <laughs> he doesn't what? know which way is up, so I doubt okay, it. Well, but... <laughs> we'll go to that, okay? That's, yes. that's one. So, two is that uh, my major concern about uh, a second administration by our beloved Mr. Trump is uh, the paucity of uh, loyalty to him. And uh, as you, we both know, and, and, our, and your listeners also, that there has been, there's a, uh, a separate government consisting of people who have been hired and run that bureaucracy, and they have no allegiance to, let's say, to Congress. And we also know that there was, it was Chuck, Chuck Chuck Schumer and his confreres who snuck that bill at the very end before the election took place that they would be refunding of uh, the FBI, CIA, etc. So um, I would like to ask him, I'd like you to ask him, what can he do to change the disloyalty to the people of America, the citizens, to loyalty? How can he have that take place? Uh, under his and he, how can he vet deep staters who will attempt to uh, deep six his administration this time? Because they were able, to, yeah, they it. were able to do it last time. I'm, I'm right with you. I, I have a question very similar to that, Michelle. You've distilled it perfectly. Thanks for calling. I do appreciate. it. I've Got to take a break and come back. Last break of the show is up after this. This is the Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's the Rob Carson Show. So if you want to know who uh, MSNBC defends while going after Casey DeSantis for letting kids be kids, listen to this. This is Dr. Blair Peters, a Canadian-trained, quote-unquote, queer surgeon at Oregon Health and Science University. He uh, did an interview and talked about the pre-sexual children, uh, which is prepubescent children, going under the knife for, um, for transgender surgery. Listen 
to this. One thing that is very new is genital surgery in someone that has underwent pubertal suppression. Um, not so much an issue in um, someone with assigned female at birth anatomy that undergoes a phalloplasty because we're creating something with a you know, free tissue. Creating a fake penis that doesn't work out of skin from your leg or arm. To transfer a flap anyway, but a much bigger issue for an individual that's undergoing a penile inversion vaginoplasty. Yeah. Uh, anybody under a, a age 18 who has had that done to them, uh, they deserve to see you uh, tried for what you did. This is a, a montage of kids who detransitioned from this nonsense after radical surgery, uh, changing their lives and making them infertile eunuchs for life. When I was 16, I thought being a boy was more important to me than having kids. But now, at 21, I wonder why I was allowed to make that decision so young. As a fully medically transitioned transgender adult, I have suffered many life-threatening complications because of it. I am in pain everywhere, all of the time. When gender-affirming care damaged my health and jeopardized my singing career, I felt I had nowhere to turn. As a young person who fell prey to the illusion that gender-affirming care and transition could help treat my complex PTSD, I'm relieved that there can be some form of justice for the additional medical trauma that I've endured. Yeah, and there has to be payback. This is Sean Farish. He is our Trump impressionist. Uh, we have the real Trump tomorrow. Here he is talking about the DOJ and sex traffic of minors with regard to, well, you know, this, this movie that just opened that is bringing it to the fore. So the Biden Department of Justice just removed international sex trafficking of minors from areas of concern on their website. And wait till you see the paragraph that they just recently erased. I'm going to make two very simple changes to this paragraph. Listen. And you tell me what it sounds like. Listen. After cultivating a relationship with the student and engendering a false sense of trust, the teacher will begin engaging the student in prostitution and use physical, emotional, and psychological abuse to keep the student trapped in a life of prostitution. It is common for teachers to isolate students huh. by moving them far away from friends and family, yeah. altering their physical appearances, or continuously moving them to new locations. Students are heavily conditioned to remain loyal to the teacher and to distrust law enforcement. Does that sound like public schools to you? Yeah, Columbus City Schools, the largest school district in Ohio, spent $24,000 on consultants who gave presentations to teachers on how to hide the gender identity of students from their parents. Uh, they also taught cis privilege and claimed that children are not too young to talk about gender. We are facing a great evil. This is a battle of good versus evil. This isn't policy. This is about evil. We know what it is. Now we know that it's exposed so we can fight it. So we can fight it. All right, uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up. We're going to come back and do that. In the meantime, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. Donald Trump joins us on the show, and we are going to ask him questions nobody else has. So make sure to check it out. Check out the podcast, Newsmax.com slash listen. God bless you. Till tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. See you then.